Before we get into this episode of the Proper Mental Podcast, I need to tell you about the Hope Conference, which is taking place in Birmingham on the 11th of November. It's hosted by the Speakers Collective and the Chasing the Stigma Mental Health Charity, and it's a full day of workshops, speakers, roundtables, and collaborations with mental health firmly at the centre. And the aim is to bring together anyone and everyone with an interest in the conversation around mental health to share ideas and learn from each other. And there's some awesome speakers lined up and some really cool things going on throughout the day. You're going to be able to listen to talks from Dr. Samara Linton, who's an award-winning writer and author, from Jake Mills, who is the founder and the CEO of Chasing the Stigma and the man behind the incredible Hub of Hope app. You can also hear from Hannah Beecham, who is the founder of Red Together, and Katie Neves, who is a trans ambassador and the founder of Call to be Trans. And I think it's going to be an incredible day and a great chance just to spend some time with like-minded people because it's essentially a room full of people who are all committed to talking about mental health and making a difference. I'm going to be there and in the afternoon I'll be talking all things proper mental. I'll be talking about the story behind the podcast and how the sorts of conversations that I'm trying to have and the podcast medium can play an important part in challenging stigma and, and inspiring change. And I'm going to be talking about a few of the things I've learned along the way. It's a non-profit event and all the money from the tickets go to funding this year's event and hopefully putting it on again next year. So if that sounds like your cup of tea and you'd like to come along, there's a link to buy tickets in the episode notes of this episode. And if you use the code PROPERMENTAL, that'll give you 10% off your purchase. There are some credible people involved in this. There's actually a lot of my previous guests who are going to be there on the day. So if you've been listening to the show for a while... It'd be a great opportunity to come down, hang out with me, say hello to some of the people you've listened to me talk to over the last couple of years, and just spend some time in a really positive and compassionate space. It'd be great to see you there. And if you want any more information, go to speakerscollective.org slash hopeconference. There's also a link to that in the episode notes. That's enough from me. And I hope you enjoy this episode of the Proper Mental Podcast. Thank you very much for listening. Welcome to the Proper Mental Podcast. Normalising open and honest conversations about mental health by having open and honest conversations about mental health. Welcome back to the Proper Mental Podcast. This is episode 105 and my guest this week is Emily Lang, who is an actor, a singer, a writer, a codependent, a love addict and a recovering everything. After years of addiction and destructive behaviour, Emily experienced a nervous breakdown on New Year's Eve 2021 going into 22. And after this breakdown, she ended up in primary care. She was diagnosed with CPTSD and BPD and she spent the next few months getting sober and addressing the trauma behind her self-destructive behaviour. And this week Emily and I chat about the life events that led to her breakdown and how her destructive behaviour was a response to trauma. And we chat about the changes that she was forced to make and how life has been since leaving primary care and rejoining the real world but without her usual coping mechanisms. We talk about sobriety and rehab hitting rock bottom and dealing with the shame that followed that 
and we talk about getting help and the power of diagnosis. And it was actually while Emily was in rehab that she started writing about her experiences, writing about her mental health. And this writing would go on to be the first season of her podcast, which is called Why Do You Think You've Got No Friends? And that's how I found out about Emily. It's an incredible podcast. And what really jumped out at me, not only Emily's story, but her understanding of it. You can tell by listening to her talk how much of the inner work she's done, you know, how hard she's worked on herself. But it's her ability to articulate this work and this understanding that really jumped out to me. And even though my story is completely different to Emily's, while listening to her podcast, there was so many bits of my personality and my journey that I could see in her story. So I was absolutely over the moon when she said she'd come on to Proper Mental to talk about all that stuff. And I think it's really important because in the mental health conversation, it's all centered around talking, But how do we talk if we don't have the words? How do we tell people what's going on when we don't know what's going on or we don't understand what's going on? And sometimes listening to someone who is maybe a few steps further down the road on the recovery journey, you know, someone who's who's done more of the work and has that understanding and has the words to articulate that understanding. Sometimes listening to those conversations, we can find ourselves in that story and it can help us to find the words. It can help us to learn to communicate about ourselves. And that's really something that jumped out to me from Emily's podcast. I highly recommend you give it a listen. I say this during the episode, but I I feel like Emily's doing something different with the medium, the way that she's kind of put it together, the length of the episodes, the amount of content she gets into those episodes. It's bite size. It listens like fiction, but it's all very, very true. And she deals with some really big topics in a really lovely, wonderful way. And she finds the humour in there too, which I also think is really, really important. So go and give it a listen. It's on all the usual podcast places. You can also follow her on Instagram at Emily underscore Lang underscore UK. While you're logging on to your normal podcast platform to find Emily's podcast, you might as well leave a review for mine. You can do that on iTunes. You can do that on Spotify. It'd be very much appreciated. And if you'd like to connect with me at all at Proper Mental Podcast in all the usual places or send me an email via the website. All the links to everything are in the episode notes. Awesome. This is episode 105 with Emily Lang. Thank you very much for listening. Enjoy. risks that something might go wrong but my biggest fear is forgetting to press record and getting halfway through and then it's like do I tell Emily that I haven't recorded half yeah. of this episode? like yeah <laughs> no, yeah 100 haven't quite got the, the hang of that one mate I'll do a little intro a very quick intro and we'll just dive dive straight in so welcome to another episode of the proper mental podcast and I'm joined this week by Emily Lang how are you mate I am doing just as well as can be expected <laughs> yeah that's it. um yeah. no I'm all right I'm, I'm genuinely I'm genuinely okay which is a really nice thing to say it is yeah. yeah yeah do you find sometimes like sometimes I say I'm okay and then I have to reevaluate after I've said it and some and it's really nice when you do that and you go actually I, I didn't lie that time like I, that's true I feel I feel okay and it's quite yeah it's nice to acknowledge it sometimes I think hundred percent. And sometimes I only really notice it like after the fact. And I said this the other day to someone that often when you're watching a film or TV and there's an actor who's really, really great, you don't often acknowledge it as it's happening. You don't go, wow, that actor's giving a good performance. It kind of just is. And then at the end later, you'll go, 
wow, that was an amazing performance. And I'm doing the same thing at the moment where I'll just be doing my thing, going about my day. And then at the night, I'll be like, I was actually all right. I was okay. I was, I was fine. And that's, and that's kind of great. It's nice when you kind of fall into that space where you're not kind of conscious of it, where okay becomes a bit more like normal. When I was like really yeah. poorly, when I started to get better, I used to, you know, the movie, the, the Hulk movie with Ed Norton. And yeah. every time he like hulks out, the counter resets. And that's kind of how I live my life. You know, I'd be literally counting the days and then something that I'd have a really bad patch. And then it'd be like, ah, oh, crap, it's been 300 days since the last Hulk out. Yeah, <laughs> without an incident. Again. Yeah, so when you just kind of like fall into that thing of like just being okay and not even noticing you're okay, then there's something quite nice about that, I think. Yeah, yeah, 100%, 100%. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's it's quite nice to just be all right. I think uh, a lot of the time, well, what, something that I really expected with um, sobriety and recovery is a feeling of um, like just constant euphoria and just like feeling great all the time. Of course, you're not going to feel great all the time. That's not life. <laughs> and, and just because you're sober doesn't mean that you're suddenly... Like on a different stratosphere of happiness um you're kind of it's you're just sort of all right and that's okay it's great just normal yeah, yeah that's it just sort of plodding plodding on yeah definitely it's a nice nice space to be and I think when like particularly if you've been doing a lot of like work on yourself then once you kind of get to that place where you're all right, even if you know there's more work to do, it can be really important to say, well, I've done enough to get my head above water and I'm just going to tread water here for a little bit because yeah. it feels so nice not to be there. I know I've still got to get over there somewhere, but for the time being, I'm just going to have a couple of months in this middle ground and just uh, just soak it up and enjoy it, right? Yeah, 100%, 100%. Just, uh, just, I've, done, I've done quite a lot of work. I can just kind of coast here for a little, just a little yeah. while. Yeah, that's yeah. it. Let it sink in. And I suppose you've got to process the learnings, right? So something else I've done is, you know, I've read every self-help book in the Amazon top 20, but I never really stopped to do anything with the knowledge. I just like right onto the next, mm. onto the next, as if it was the reading or just the therapy or just the, the doing the thing was enough. But it's called exactly. the work called the work for a reason. You gotta yeah. eventually you gotta work it. Rather than putting it into practice and sort of training that muscle it's something that um i've said before about antidepressants as well if you if you're on medication and yes you do and then you start to feel better when you start to feel better you don't go well i feel good now i'll stop taking the pills <laughs> if you do that it's gonna go <laughs> crumbling so you've got to be really just like really aware and um and just like keep 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 with it just keep it going um yeah otherwise you know it, it all comes crumbling down but you're right it is called the work for a reason I haven't really thought about that yeah that's it's it. not called the play <laughs> no that's it yeah no one likes work right <laughs> you know, no one. the float <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's it yeah but um I'm sure we're going to talk a lot today about your podcast mate which um, I've already told you before we were recording that I'm a big fan of before we get to it I was wondering if we could start with you and yeah. Your podcast, mm -hmm. episode one, it starts with you kind of at your lowest, your lowest point, right? And I was wondering if we could start there today, Emily, and maybe a bit more specific. Yeah. Some of the some of the things that were going on in the build up to you hitting that that rock bottom that would then kickstart you kind of um rebuilding from there. What was happening around that time, mate? Mm -hmm. Um, so I was um drinking a lot um really and I had been for a few years um 
strangely, it didn't start for me until quite late um, abusing alcohol um, because I suffered quite badly from um, an eating disorder. And I say suffered and nothing, the same with addiction. These things are never in the past. They're always a part of you. But I was really in the grips of eating sort of for a lot of years. And um, so I was quite afraid of alcohol because it was, you know, I was like, oh, God, it's empty calories. Um, and so I didn't start until quite late. And I and I started when um, when my relationships, my romantic relationships weren't going well. Um, I would really turn to alcohol, whether to make them more exciting or help myself um, kind of numb out whatever was going on or pretend that it wasn't happening. But I think in thing it had constantly dismissed and dismissed and dismissed and dismissed everything that was going on so deeply within me and the alcohol was just a way of numbing and distracting constantly and there was a lot of I have a lot of childhood trauma um, which I've spoken I've spoken about in a way but I haven't given exact details of it but it was it was really it was pretty gory um, and I tried to speak about those things before and had quite often been shut down, which is not uncommon. Um, I dismissed it myself through my adolescence. I was in a very abusive relationship. I'm sort of just putting this all into a puddle of stuff was happening. Um, And um, in the last six months before I had this breakdown, I was abusing drugs and alcohol to a biblical degree. I was also completely forfeiting all of my needs, all of my wants, all of my boundaries for another person that I thought I was in love with. I was not. I was just anxiously attached. And essentially, it all it all came crashing down on, on New Year's Eve when... Um, don't do drugs kids um I took I I took a ton of mushrooms with other people people who weren't particularly safe and um had this complete breakdown and ended up trying to jump out of a window and then in the days I don't really remember the couple of weeks following that but uh but that's I ended up in primary care on the 17th of January 2022 I know that but the week's and that's 17 days after the fact. And I, I barely, I barely remember them. I had a complete, complete nervous breakdown. I attempted suicide. I started having seizures as a result of the extreme trauma and the, just the absolute breakdown. I just, I just couldn't handle it anymore. I couldn't handle it. And my life just, it went up in smoke. It, I, I lost everything or it felt like I lost everything but uh I've I've, so, I've talked about this before as well in my podcast but the moment when um when I got to primary care and you know the alcohol went and all the distraction went it was literally like it was like I'd been living in Kansas and then being dropped head first into Oz and every every inch every everything came flooding to the forefront of my mind with this like frightening lucidity um and everything was so present and so frightening and um 
I looking looking back I'm like I don't know how I got through it I don't know how I got through it but it meant that I had to process everything that had happened to me it also meant that the things that had happened to me were taken very seriously for the first time and um, when I was relaying these stories about my childhood and about my adolescence and kind of doing it in quite a casual way the, you know they were going do you realize that you you realize that you were abused <laughs> that you, you that that what happened to you that that is sexual abuse um and those realizations while unbelievably difficult have been life-changing because I've been able to acknowledge them as things that have really affected me Sorry, that was very that was very long winded. It probably didn't make a lot of sense, but no, um, no, not yeah. at all. It was just it was a culmination of years of crap. Yeah, I mean, I mean, like the main thing that was kind of standing out through that for me, Emily, is it just reminded me how incredibly resilient we can be as humans when we decide, yeah. you know, whether not when we consciously decide, but when our brains decide for us. I'm not going to deal with this. I'm just going to check out, you know, and like pushing yeah. that stuff down. And it's why sometimes these, these breakdowns, and it was certainly the same for myself, you know, one minute everything was okay. And then next minute the car's flying down the motorway and your wheels are overtaking you, you know, past the window and, you know, just chaos. You know? Mm. Um, but it is, mm. it's, it's holding everything in for so long. And yeah. And you know, that's why alcohol, it's like, it's so normalized. And when people are drunk, mm. bizarre behavior is completely normalized. Right. So it just kind of, in a way, lets us off the, lets us off the hook. You can do something, you know, I'd find I'd do some really, really bizarre stuff. And the next day I could make a joke of it yeah. and say, oh, I was drunk. It was just the booze, you know, and then, you know, you can just re up and, yeah. and go again. But um, yeah, it's incredible. Yeah. But um, getting to it's that just point, legal poison. Yeah, it really is. Yeah. And, you know, modern life, I say this a lot, but modern life's full of distraction, right? We can hide, we can hide in our phones and in our books and in our work and in our, you know, fallings in and fallings out and all the rest of it. It's very, very easy. But that must have been quite a shock to get into, into primary care and suddenly have to face all this stuff. Mm. Because quite, if we go slowly through the therapeutic process, quite often we get like a little glimpse in the mirror, you know, and then you have to deal with that little glimpse. But yeah. it sounds like, you know, the mirror was just held up to you, just all in all in one go. I was in a hall of mirrors and I could not find my way out, <laughs> is how it felt. Because that, yeah, you're right. You're exactly right. There had been moments in the past where I had, um, you know, briefly caught a glimpse of my behavior and patterns and quite quickly been able to shut it down and just ignore it. And suddenly you're in this place where literally you are surrounded by these mirrors or surrounded by these people telling you these things and you cannot avoid you can we weren't even allowed am I allowed to swear on this podcast? yes of course yeah because <laughs> I'm so like you won't and I'm like stop it, stop <laughs> it. yeah we weren't even allowed fucking coffee <laughs> <laughs> and so even if my dog is I was like oh yeah what like oh I guess I'll go get a cracker like it was there's there was there was nothing there was nothing to distract and my heart was basically one one of my biggest um problems and it and it comes from uh a very early childhood abandonment trauma and 
years I mean so much to explain so my therapist has heard it all but um I'm a I I attach very anxiously it's part of having BPD as well um I create these very very deep connections um and then when those are severed or compromised in some way um it's I I can't handle it I can't handle it I feel like I'm dying um and that it was this man that I was I was I was so in love with I was I I would have given him my kidney I've said that in the podcast before with without question if he had needed like I would have signed over the deeds to my house like it was I loved him so much I was so everything of me was him and um I have done that time and time and time and time again in the past and not ever learned that that is not how you should be in a relationship when you forfeit all of your own needs their own boundaries because when it ends you're just a shell of a human and so I went into primary care a shell of a human not only because I'd had this enormous enormous breakdown but because you know my heart my heart was completely in pieces it was horrendous it was horrendous I think it's in um like episode eight or nine or something that I say um that starting healing even like the small parts of it to minimize it is like when you open your camera and it's on selfie mode by accident and you're like what the fuck is that (laughs) whoa (laughs) that's whoa oh my god if you look like a thumb like it's (laughs) it's a bit like that and uh but you just have to like stay with it oh it's I'm making it I mean it's the best thing I've ever done (laughs) but it is very very hard to start I shouldn't be making it as 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 shit as it sounds but um it's the best thing I've ever done yeah I mean I think that's really important to talk about because when it comes to mental health awareness we tend to kind of we we'll focus on the talking right we're talking you know be aware ask for help and one I think one of the reasons why people don't is because they're scared of what comes next because we never tell them what comes next we tell them to talk we don't really tell them how we don't really tell them when or who to we just tell them to talk and then leave them to it and the next step is hard and you know for me I was kind of I was like I was trapped in my own little world and it was awful but I knew every inch of that awful and the risk of stepping out of that and trying to get help well that could be a worse awful. It could be something new. And essentially everything that I'd built around myself was there to protect me. It wasn't protecting me in all the ways that it should have been, but essentially it was there to keep Mm. me safe. Right. And the idea of stepping out of that was really scary. And that's one of the reasons why I put off saying anything for a, for the longest time until I had no choice, but to say anything. And I think it's really Mm. important to talk about because people need to know, people need to know what happens and how hard it is, but also the payoff right that, like how worth it 100 percent. yeah I mean it is it that's exactly how I felt it was a really like the devil you know situation of like I don't know I'm changing everything I've lost everything and this could be worse this is gonna be worse also I can't I can't even drink like what the hell is this is gonna what a shitty life if I can't have booze in it turns out everyone <laughs> it's 
actually really fucking fantastic I mean it takes a while and it does it does take a while and that should not I it's not like I stepped into rehab and was ever one day and was like woohoo <laughs> now I am sober and I'm killing it no for a very very long time I was really mourning my old life um really mourning it and mourning the um the chaos of it because like you said it was I recognized the chaos chaos was I oh hello old friend here you are again I know you well and anything stable it was like I didn't I didn't understand it I'd never experienced it so um stability was frightening and it felt boring and I'm and it's um and I'm often really hesitant to talk about that but actually I think it is important to talk about because I was I was so aware of my life becoming boring and everyone having this party without me turns out (laughs) everybody that is not the case it's like I have lived my life now in the last eight months of sobriety has been far more enjoyable and interesting and way less boring because I'm not spending 50% of my time in a fucking hangover or a come down um everything is opened up in a huge way and I do I the knowledge that I do not need alcohol to have fun is amazing amazing now I have very brief, very brief moments um, of having cravings or um, mourning for my life. And it's usually in moments when I feel particularly triggered and it can be something completely separate. Um, but if there's something outside, like I know a building problem or a bill problem, um, I'm immediately just like put back into last year and go, oh my God, I wish I was still taking coke and drinking with that boy. I miss him so much. Why is, what's that got to do with council tax, mate? But it's like, it's funny where your mind immediately goes when you're feeling slightly stressed, but it doesn't happen all the time. It just, but it's good to acknowledge that it, but it does happen. And it's not like those things completely go away. You just learn how to manage them. Yeah, definitely. And it's interesting you use the word mourning there as well, because I think when we go through these like huge shifts and, you know, we're trying to find out who who we actually are rather than who we've been pretending to be. Right. But like when we when we ditch that that identity, it was still an identity for a long time. You can't just turn your back on it. And I think mourning is the right word. And I think it's important to to grieve because something that I think is missing from the sober conversation is like for every like you know, for every time I acted up or played out or went too far, I had some great nights too, you know? And I think like, you you can't just turn your back on that. You can't just say, you know, like we we can have that as well as part of our, as part Mm. of our old life, but mourning it and saying goodbye to it rather than pretending it didn't happen or running away from it. I think it's much healthier to go. Yeah. There's bits of it. I bloody miss, you know? There was so much of sort of like, there was a romanticism surrounding it um a lot of the time um and uh I'm I'm an actress and you know all my friends a lot of my friends are actors actresses um and there's a big culture of that in our in our industry of this kind of like everyone wants to be Ernest Hemingway sitting in Paris drinking absinthe (laughs) I mean I would just say look what happened to Ernest Hemingway is what I will is what I will shove out there but um 
there this kind of and I've and I've I mean, again I've said it in my podcast but this I lived in superlatives and I thought I was like wild and quirky and unencumbered I wasn't I was just being a dick most of the time yeah and it, you know again it's nice to acknowledge that that's part of looking in that mirror right you're saying like oh yeah, yeah. And, and trying to pick out which parts were me and which parts were the booze and which part was other people and what's left in between that's why it's so messy mm-hmm. that's why it's that's why it's so that's why it's so hard so yeah. when rehab finishes and I think this is another you know another thing that's really useful to talk about is you know mm-hmm. um primary care finishes and the, the kind of the the narrative tends to be i got sick i got help now i'm better but in reality you've done all that work and you're jumping you're jumping back out into the world that where you got sick in the first place mm. and you're mm, a new person mm, you mm. haven't got your defense mechanisms you haven't got anything to hide behind anymore and uh you know it's like bambi creeping mm. out of the forest right it's um that's a scary time isn't it to come back and say right this is the new me how do i navigate my new life Yes. Yeah. Being released back into the world is, um, is pretty frightening. I remember there was a big thing about when I was leaving that they wanted me to get an, an escort from, and because my rehab was in Spain, they wanted me to have an escort from Spain to England. And I was like, are you kidding me? No. And they were going, you know, there's, there's a lot of temptation in the airport. True. There is something to be aware of, but I was all right. Um, but I remember, yeah being in the airport and suddenly there were like there was just so much booze available and there was cigarettes available and there was coffee available I did get cigarettes and coffee I'm not that that was amazing I but, was gonna um, ask I wanted to ask about the first cup of coffee back in the real world that was uh that must yeah. have been a, a shock to the system well the first cup of coffee I had was a real disappointment because I was slightly late for my plane um and the coffee was just too hot and had a bad lid so it was just going like everywhere (laughs) what is the universe telling me right now um but uh but I I came back and I came back home and I mean this was the scene of the crime home was the real I was really scared of the smell the things finding something that was gonna hurt me I was very it was like this is where this is where it happened this is where I had my nervous breakdown where I had my seizures where I tried to kill myself and that was that I was I was worried it, it was all right Sainsbury's for the first time which was like my vodka haunt and seeing all these bottles and going oh hello old friends but that was it. It was it was it was all right. It, it, it was it was OK. I think I'd prepared myself for it being really difficult. And so it wasn't quite as quite as bad as I thought it was going to be. But that's classic. Me. I'm, I always catastrophize and go, it's going to be fucking awful. Um, and it's all right. But I actually when I came back here and I got into my I came into my bedroom. And um, in my cupboard and behind my bed. I found these empty bottles that I had been hiding when I was having my breakdown and probably before that. Uh, And I found them and looked at them and it was like looking, it was like looking at 
memorabilia from another life. It was very strange. It was like, um, I don't, I mean, weird comparison to draw, but like looking at Titanic's artifacts, you know, it was like these things that have been drawn out of the ocean. I've actually, and I've, I've never thrown them away. It's a strange thing. I've got, I've got these bottles. I think there's about three of them. I've got these bottles that I found and they're in my cupboard as just a reminder, a weird, like, as a, a reminder of just how sick and unhappy I was. Um, yeah. Rather than me being like, oh, I just want to have booze around. It's, um, yeah, I, I, that, that works for me personally. I'm sure for a lot of people it won't, but um, there is a thing that I keep, I do keep these things to, to remind myself of just, just how close to death I was. I mean, that can be, you know, I can, I can kind of see really why that, why that would work and why that's appropriate. Sometimes, you know, if you're, when we're in a, a well place, it, it can be like, I, in, I can explain intellectually that I was sick, but I can't go back and feel mm. it, you know? And there, there yeah. have been times when I've, I've even like, if I've talked about something like quite open on here or something new that I haven't talked about before, I'll, I'll fact check it with my wife. Cause I'm like, am I, yeah. play, am I playing this up? Because it feels so distant yeah. to me. But um, so yeah, it can be nice to have that. That's nice is the wrong term really, but yeah, to have that kind of reminder of like, oh yeah, this, you know, everything, everything I'm saying is very true and very real. And uh, you know, I've worked very hard. not That to- happened. Yeah. Yeah. The thing of going, oh, that, that, that thing that feels so hazy and also just hazy because of the amount of substances I was under. So I can't really remember a lot of things like of it properly, but going, oh no, that did happen. That did happen. Um, that did happen. And look, look where you are now. Um, and uh, now I, I really wouldn't give up the lowest moments I have now for the best nights I had on my booze and booze and coke because as fun as it was it wasn't real it wasn't real and I was destroying myself so slowly and in such a just terrible terrible way yeah 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 do you did you find that like going through that that process and getting into recovery and finally getting like a, a diagnosis or finally getting like you know, words to explain what you were experiencing. Did you kind of then look back at your life and go, oh, okay, yeah, that makes like much more sense now? 100%. It's, I, I will always and never underestimate the power of a diagnosis because I, it, it's helped me so much to just go, oh, that thing, that response that I kept having, that was coming from this place. And it's not because I'm, a bad person or because you know I'm just I'm just that way nothing's ever going to change it it's like no 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 no. that was coming from a very very deeply wounded place um and the thing is with me with with my responses one thing despite all the all the behavior and and I've acted out in very strange ways but it's never been outwardly malicious towards anyone else I've never been one thing I've always tried to hold on to is is kindness. I mean, I've I I unintentionally, but I never meant to cause any harm. Um, all of my destruction um, and malice just went inwards. It was all self, deep self hatred. 
And that's and that's the thing with um with BPD that it goes inward. It's like you you go into self harm mode, suicidal tendencies, and um idealization. How what? Idealization. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Um, yeah. yeah, and just and sort of recognizing where that came from, and also the CPTSD diagnosis. I was like, oh, thank fuck for that. Thank fuck because I was waking up screaming with these horrible night terrors I was I remember like and I still do it now it's it's less now but um you know walking along the street and suddenly a memory flash and I'd have to like stop and shake and shake it off like literally shake it off and people would be like what the fuck is what but like that all of the symptoms when suddenly you can literally look at a Wikipedia page and it, as simple as that sounds and go, yes, 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 yes. And then you're like, oh, I'm not alone. And this can be worked on. This can be fixed. It's not just a part of, of who I am. I can acknowledge this and work on it and move forward rather than just being like, well, this is my life. So here we go. Yeah, but yeah that was, it was really powerful, really, really powerful. Yeah, so much about, particularly when, you know, suicide enters the picture, so much about that is like an absence of hope, right? And then just mm. knowing that there is a there is an actual an actual name for uh for, you know for what you're experiencing. Yeah. And you know, there are other people who have experienced it too. Just switching that mm. light on is incredibly empowering, isn't it? It really does make a difference. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hundred percent. Um, yeah, completely. But it was when you when you were in um primary care in spain that's when you started to write your podcast is that right Emily? yes um yeah which was glorious <laughs> um i think i uh but i tend to do this this thing and i think it's sort of an addict brain um and i definitely did it when I was in there that I was like okay this is what I'm going to do and uh, this is going to fix that and this is what I'm going to say to this person and this is how I'm going to control this whole situation and control my future because I'm a codependent <laughs> to an absolute max um and uh um like I was I was coming up with like all these ideas of how I was gonna of how I was gonna fix things and the thing is I was coming up with these ideas and they were never things for me they were like things to help get my friends back or for this guy to regret losing me it was never about being like oh I'm gonna do something that's that's gonna be really beneficial beneficial for me it was always about the outside um acknowledgement validation um and then we were in um I think they call it creative writing um because everything of us was like art therapy something therapy equine therapy and then there was like creative writing and I and I was writing something, and then later that night, and it was actually probably a really good for me because because we weren't allowed any books, and there was no distraction, there were no electronics, nothing. That um, I kind of sat, and the only thing I could do was write. The only thing I could do to get my feelings out, and I was journaling a lot of the time as well. But I um I started to write this this thing, this um this kind of this this story that I and I didn't want it to be I wanted it to be like like me to come out in my authentic voice which I felt like I was finding for the first time this genuine authentic voice and I didn't really care 
if anyone else thought it was good or anyone else thought it was informative or if anyone else thought it was bad I just I didn't I it was it was just for me it was about it was about taking ownership over my own story and I wanted to do it with just this lightness of touch and um this slightly funny spin on it um because I I I I can't I didn't want everything to suddenly be incredibly serious even though the situation was for me to be able to just see light around it so I started writing this thing and when I got out of lab, I was um <laughs> so proactive I think I like called the guardian <laughs> it's like I have got the story for you <laughs> They were like, go away. <laughs> Hell are you? <laughs> um, but I was like, I was going, I've got, I've got this article. I've got this article that I've written that, you know, I'd love to submit. <laughs> Literally no one got back to me. So, um, so I was like, well, I kind of want to do something with this. And then went, oh, I could, I could, re I could record this. I could make this into, into a story. Um, and suddenly it was like the light bulb. I was like, oh. I can, I can write in the way that I want to write, tell the stories in the way that I want to tell the stories with the analogies that I use that I find helpful and hopefully, and that might be able to help other people and it will be, and I want to do it in this accessible way that's pocket-sized um, and you're able to return to without having to scroll through loads and loads of um you know half an hour of me talking about nothing to be able to find just like snippets of information you know and just just help people maybe recognize things within themselves but also going because this stuff is so criminally undiscussed and so and there's so much shame there is so much shame surrounding it and I think that's the main thing that like we're sort of almost conditioned to be ashamed of this and um, that's why I wanted to start with my story, because my theory being that there are parts of everyone that are just a little bit shit. Every, everyone has got a part of them that is just a bit shit. And that is OK. That is totally fine. It's normal. And um, we should kind of welcome those things with open arms and talk about them. But I know that when I was really going through it, I wish that I'd had someone going oh that that thing that you're going through I've I've been there I've been there and I know there are there are so many forms there's so many platforms out there to be able to discover that um but uh but I couldn't find it and I and I wanted something accessible so I'm not explaining this totally right but um it was uh it was just I wanted I I, I suffered with so many so much humiliation and shame that I wanted to be able to go, that shitty thing that you did last night, trust me, I've done it too. <laughs> I've probably done worse. It's okay, it's okay, don't, it's okay. You can get through this, you can get through. Like I went to, and I mean, when I say my life went up in smoke, it doesn't, it doesn't begin to describe what happened. I lost, I, like I said, I've lost, I lost so much. And I've and I've returned from it, or I'm returning from it. Um, and I just really want to 
want to tell people that you know it's okay it's okay and also we can still smile about it we can still laugh about it to a certain degree yeah but it's okay yeah I, I think the laughter is important I think there's so many you know when you get to a place you know and, and I'm not talking about laughing at people here but more when you get to a place sometimes where you can look back at your experience and you know some of the things that I did when I was unwell are so bizarre they make me laugh whether it was something I said or a way I behaved or how I reacted to a very normal situation and some of the times in that moment I knew it was bizarre. It was like the, you know, in the cartoons where you get the, like the devil and the angel on the shoulders. And it was like the devil saying, go yeah. on, say it. And the angel was going, it's a bit weird that, mate. <laughs> and I think it's important to talk Maybe about not. that. You know, mm-hmm. if like, if, if, if we've, um, yeah, if it's funny, then, you know, we can talk about that. It, that's completely, completely fine. Out of, out of context, there's just some weird stuff that goes on, eh? But um, I, yeah. I love, I yeah. love the idea that, you wrote it to put out, not, you know, I love I, well, You have to learn how to back yourself, right? This is something I have to learn to do and put stuff out there and say, I'm putting this out for me. And because I think people will like it and some people aren't going to like it. And that's okay. They don't have that's to, fine. and I'm not going to be offended, yeah. but that's, it's hard to learn that, isn't it? When you're a people pleaser, when you, you know, when you have like anxious attachments Mm. you can't you want everyone to like it of course you do um but that can be really empowering just to say this is what it is here it is world make of it what you will i'm on to the next you know i think that's really really empowering thing to do 100 percent. and you know in the past a lot of the time i've wanted people i don't even like to like me i've like it would uh, someone whose values are totally out of line with my own like if before, if I, you know, I'm not like, if Casey Hopkins had been like, I, oh, I don't like your podcast. I'd be like, no, oh, you don't like my podcast. <laughs> I can't stand anything she says. And yet it would be, I would, I would want her to, to like my podcast. I'd want everyone to like it. Um, and now it's, and putting it out there you're kind of going this this works for me it might work for some people it might work for one person it might work for 10 it might work for a hundred thousand who the hell knows but it doesn't it doesn't really matter and if anyone and if someone doesn't like it fine you know I don't like calamari that's pretty weird but (laughs) um like (laughs) it's just my opinion it's okay it's all right Uh, yeah, that's it. And, uh, you know, the, I think there's, there's just so much power in when someone shares their story and someone shares all of it, you know, not just the, not just the highlights, not just the, the Instagram stuff, right? But to say, this is, this is me yeah. in its entirety. And you don't have to have yeah. had the same experience to hear some of yourself in that. There was bits of your podcast exactly. and I've listened to every episode and I've gone, oh yeah, I get that. I completely get that. And then there's other bits where yeah. I've gone like, well, that's not my experience, but I kind of get that too, you know, like, and it yeah. helps us, it helps us find ourselves in the experiences for others. And then in the gaps where we don't see ourselves, well, then it helps us learn compassion. And that that's equally as important, you know, is to, to have. And yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I, in AA, they always say, listen to the similarities and not the differences. And doing that, I think it's been, it's been so helpful for me. So, so helpful. Yeah. 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 
no it's um it's a wonderful thing i think like i said to you before we um pressed record but I've, it, it felt really different to me that's out there in the, the <laughs> mental health space it was really um yeah it's there's not a, there's nothing else that's the that's done like that and your writing is incredible you're able to something that really ah. stood out to me is you're really able to articulate this stuff and i think this that's so valid because like it can be hard to articulate that stuff and if someone's listening yeah. and they're not at that stage because you, you know you anyone can get to the stage right but if they're not at that stage where they're kind of like this stuff is happening and i haven't got the words then hearing someone who mm. has got the words and you that little bit of of whatever it is is you find in that story you can pinch those words can't you and say yes that's me that's yeah. how i can describe this thing that i'm experiencing there's a lot of, there's a lot of power in that there really is yeah oh thank you so much thank you i really really appreciate that like um yeah it's been it's been so lovely having messages from people and the things that they they pick up on um like someone someone got in touch with me and was like i've got my sourdough starter kit it's like oh that's brilliant it's the end of um i think it's the codependency episode i talk about how you can't you can't bake anyone else's bread because it's not it won't rise in the way you want you've got to make get a sourdough starter kit for yourself and then um there was someone else who said uh you're helping a lot of velvet rabbits which i just loved is my whole theory that <laughs> velveteen rabbit is a codependent <laughs> which honestly still makes me laugh and i don't know why i think it's so funny but um but being but when someone said you're helping a lot of velvet rabbits i was like oh that's just that's that's gorgeous that's so lovely and it's um and it's funny like what people pick up and apply to things that are slightly different like i did an episode about heartbreak and um, someone got in touch about their own grief, which was separate to love, but um, you know, said it helped her with her own cycle of grief surrounding the loss of the loss of a friend. And I was like, oh, that listening to the similarities and not the differences and finding the moments of um uh familiarity is uh is is just it's so lovely. It's so it's so great. Yeah, thank yeah. you. I really, really appreciate it. Oh, mate, no worries. But that's the that's the the human bit of connecting, isn't it? You know, the stuff that we experience is all the same. The emotions are the same, right? So they might be turned up to different levels. They yeah. might come from different places. We break in different ways. But underneath all that stuff, that's the same stuff, isn't it? The feelings are the same. That's just a human thing. It doesn't written none. Nothing else matters other yeah. than the fact that, that humans all experience those things. So, yeah, I think that's why. Yeah, yeah connecting in different ways have yeah. you um have you found that the amount of work that you've done on yourself has that mm. helped your life in other ways so like with the therapeutic process quite often we start it to solve the problem of being mentally ill but you can't you can't do that much work without leveling up as a human being you can't be as self-aware as 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 it comes across that you are without it makes you look mm. at the world in a different way right when you kind of you do all that work and yourself you you patch up what you need to patch up but in the background you're getting all these like therapy gains that you weren't expecting you didn't go in for the self-awareness yeah you've got it right yeah 100 percent. i mean there's just there's sort of strange things like um like sometimes i'll just find myself like scrubbing the bath <laughs> like oh this is a new person um but there's sort of there's i take a lot more pride in um or a lot more care and even it, it's kind of it's not i don't do it like with sort of intention i don't intentionally 
like take better care of of myself but it's just happened like um like I'll always clean the hob um and I've started making sure that when I go outside I'm dressed in a way that makes me happy I mean it's often bonkers but like it's uh, but I I'm more rather than going out and wearing my boyfriend's shoes and like a bra you know it's um I'm taking so much more pride and care in in just like in those kind of aesthetic things like I don't know skincare I'm just I'm just more aware of it I'm just I'm just it, I'm so much better at um taking care of myself paying bills I I bloody I did a gas meter reading before last brilliant like last year ne never would have done that never <laughs> I um I I paid a little bit of balance I like open open the mail um so just started acting like an actual functioning human being and these are things that people will be hearing and going you weren't doing that before oh my god you idiot you you privileged but but it's not because like it was just because I I couldn't I didn't have the space the mental space to be able to do anything other than survive literally survive um I remember when I was like in, in rehab because of the no books no nothing um I'd spend like I, every night I went to bed and my hair was always brushed that hasn't happened since I was about five but it was because I had no phone I had no no nothing to distract me also I had a lot of time to fill because I wasn't going to fall asleep there and then so if I go out of the shower I was like okay well I I can moisturize my legs <laughs> take some time over that and I think um that kind of that kind of carried on I'm also just so much more present with friends so much more present with friends um so much more willing to see friends like of an evening I'm taking you know if I'm out I'll message someone being you know asking if they're around it's just I don't know there's just a certain level of there's a, there's another layer of energy that's been added to my life that means I have space to do so much more than I was doing so much more and you know functioning just functioning like a like a person and you know we said at the start about how you kind of go through your day and only acknowledge after the fact that you're all right it's 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 a little bit like that that now I'm just just doing the things I'm supposed to be doing and not I'm not almost not even thinking not thinking about them but yeah yeah it's like once you kind of start you know cleaning the inside tidying the ups like you know spending time on the inside then that's got to radiate out in how you connect with the world right and if you mm, stop mm. if you stop hating yourself then you don't have the need to lash out anymore the anger doesn't have to, to you know you don't have to try and send it out into the world and you know it's um there's something really nice about yeah. that that healing process yeah. and when like being yeah. ill being poorly right and there's it, it, probably a better word than this but it's the word i i use all the time is it's really selfish it made me really selfish because all i gave a shit about was my own yeah. misery and wallowing in it and then when i had to do something about that well then i had to be really selfish because you can't kind of do that amount of work on yourself and still you know function and you know take the bins out and you know do all the stuff you need to mm. do so when you spend 
spend all that yeah. time fixing yourself and you get to a place where you feel, you know, reasonably, you know, fixed is a very strong word, right? In this, in this world. But, you know, when you feel like on some sort of stable ground, then being able to commit to the people around you, to society, yeah. to your local community, then that's a, a really positive sign of the healing journey, I think is, um, you know, it's kind of how I- Yeah, there is huge power in reaching out to someone to say, how are you? with no expectation of a response of being able to talk about your own feelings. I think now, um, and again, it's something I've kind of done unconsciously, is now I am very interested and really want to be there for people. Whereas before I was so shrouded in my own trauma and and also addiction is incredibly selfish. Um, and love is very selfish lovers can be very selfish and when you're wrapped up in that kind of thing nothing else nothing else exists and just yeah actually being able to to talk to someone and actively hear what they're saying without any want to without the kind of um the pretext of going oh I can't wait till this is over till it's my time um you know it's 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 just it's just very very different and my responses to things are so different I don't take things personally anymore and I think maybe it's because I'm now so aware of the fact that everybody is going through something so when someone's a massive dick to me I'm kind of like oh that was a bit of a dick move but I see that you're probably in in a lot of pain in some way and hurt people hurt people and hopefully you'll be able to acknowledge that and move through it but I'm not going to take take that on and carry it with me um yeah you know oh, it's mate, um everyone fun. everyone's in pain thank you <laughs> yeah it's um yeah everyone's just doing the best they can right and best they can with what yeah. they've got and you know some people you know i suppose don't have that much to work with you know if it's not time to do the work but um so mm-hmm. um yeah mm-hmm. season two is imminent i believe emily is that coming that's are you just carry carrying on rolling straight into season two yeah just rolling it straight on um but season two is um a little mashup of stuff so i'm i'm having conversations with with people um with various different people as well as doing my pocket podcasts um because there was a call for the episodes to be longer from from some people and so I've I've done that and um you know got other people's experiences and I'm kind of and what what we're discussing and I I I say it to all of my guests before we go on you know what we discuss it can range from the time when you had a bad haircut and felt shit about yourself to when you had a full-on nervous breakdown like I did but you know feelings will exist on any plane of that um so there are there are I've got some amazing beautiful people on and I'm I'm really excited to share those conversations because I'm also learning as I'm going like I am no way claiming to be the premier voice of any of this at all I am learning as I'm going along as well um and so it's just it's it's really it's a, such a gratifying experience but yeah and it's and it's I mean it's thing is with mental health it is ever ongoing there really is no lack of content and when I'm writing my my pocket ones and I felt 
um if i if i made those episodes much longer i was going to run out of steam and so i'm sort of just trying to take care of it so um but there there really is something something new comes up every single day that i can write about and well that's such nightmare sometimes i mean it does it does make does make for good content i often feel like i'm you know spinning plates and uh, i'll focusing on one thing oh yeah i'm really but that's i'm really focusing on my codependency there and then something else will come in and he'll be like oh fuck that's a whole other thing that i've got to look at and work on <laughs> ah, it's never ending but being able to put it into put it into words and put the journey into words and and share it is um it's just it's so it's so cathartic and i i i love doing it um and it's so helpful for me to harness my own story and my own experience and put it into my own words and it's in a very truthful and I don't think the anyone can be like oh what she's saying is bullshit because I'm not saying brilliant things about myself <laughs> um but uh but being able to just to harness my own story and um and the knowledge that that can help other people as well it's just really beautiful it's really it's really really great yeah. Um, and I feel, I feel very, I feel very fortunate to have a community of people who, um, who are invested and are, you know, just, I'm, I've had some really, really, some very moving messages from people, um, saying that, you know, something I said helped them come back from the brink of suicide and, and something like that is just, oh, it's it's so powerful it's so powerful and um this this energy that i now have is being put into something useful and something creative whereas before that energy was being put into literally just being able to get out of bed in the morning and being able to survive and i am now a huge believer in everything really kind of being written already and so being able to let go of that control being able to I used to go into an audition or you know be, be doing a job and going I wonder if this job is going to go well or if it's going to go badly I wonder how it's going to be on the other side and now just going it is it's already written it's already going to go as it's going to go if it goes bad it was meant to go bad if it was if it goes good it was meant to go good because I've now realized that every single tiny moment of my life has led me to where I am now and really for the first time um i've noticed in the last and last because this does take it does take its time but really for the first time i've gone i don't want to change the past because it's got me to a place that i am very very grateful for and i can and i'm able to look outside myself and help others and use and use my skill that i that i love and um and that's amazing that's amazing and without those experiences i'm i, I wouldn't be here yeah yeah, so, yeah um, definitely yeah there's a lot of wasted energy on regret right a lot of energy wasted energy <sighs> looking back and it's all part of the journey I, I, I think i said this to someone the other week on here but you know you look at their movies where people go back in time nothing good happens when they start changing shit right like you know that, that's a sure sign to make the teach the future go completely wrong is to mess about with the past yeah. so we're better off just just yeah just keeping uh keeping moving forward yeah that's it letting it be letting it be letting it be emily thank you so much for your time to me i've enjoyed that um immensely and uh yeah it's just a real pleasure thank you thank you very much
Oh, it's such a pleasure to be here. Honestly, I love it. I just love chatting about this stuff because we need to, we need to, we need to just do it amongst friendly people and do it with a friendly voice and know that it's, it's okay. And we've, we've been it. there. We can get That's through it. it. Yeah. I always think if I, if I go first, then it gives other people permission to go, right? Someone sometimes, yeah. once one person goes, then other people will go and um, yeah, man, let's we'll keep, keep talking come come with me on this golden road of recovery it's great that's it yeah that's it oh thank you mate thank you very much Big up to that proper mental podcast. A proper mental podcast. <laughs>